Your customer's data privacy is important, but so is personalization. Learn how to balance both so you can optimize your ad performance and scalability with Adobe and Meta. Adobe's real-time customer data platform collects and aggregates customer data across channels, helping you build actionable, unified customer profiles. Meta Conversions API creates a direct connection between your marketing data and marketing systems. This helps you better measure results and improve your ad targeting within Meta technologies. Find out more at unlockmarketingdata.com. Increase conversion rates and create privacy-safe targeted ads. Adobe and Meta give you the tools to future-proof your data strategy to go beyond third-party cookies. Visit unlockmarketingdata.com to get started. This is what I'll say. I hope the future is not Ready Player One. That's very dystopic, that's sci-fi. I think a lot of people, when they think metaverse, they think sci-fi dystopic novel. That's not it, okay? That is the sound of Vogue's Forces of Fashion, a global event that has been happening for the last six years. I was invited to be part of the lineup at Vogue's Forces of Fashion in Mexico, where I spoke about how fashion and technology have never been closer. That is the sound of New York Fashion Week. I have attended Fashion Weeks before, but every time I went to Fashion Week and I got asked what I did, it was almost like a whisper. They would ask me, what do you do? And I would say, I work in technology. Almost like a secret, because it felt that I was out of place as a technologist in a fashion space. But this year, it was all different. New York Fashion Week started off Fashion Month with a bang and Web3 and the Metaverse were at the forefront. During my time at New York Fashion Week, I got invited to several shows, including Tommy Hilfiger's Return to the Catwalk, as well as several Vogue events. I even had a chance to have breakfast with Anna Wintour and spoke with her about Metaverse and Web3. Fashion and technology have never been closer. And that excites me beyond belief. I spoke with Martin Agman, the CEO of Tommy Hilfiger Global and PVH Europe, about the decision to present such a creative, fidgetal show. A fashion show is a special moment for a brand. It's an enormous platform with an enormous reach. And every time we host a fashion show, we're always looking for, like, what's next? And what changed in the world? And how do we respond to that? This time, the focus was really on leveraging that platform to not only connect with the physical world and with all the traditional media, but also to connect with the communities and all the new Gen C potential customers for the brand that are active in the metaverse. And so we started to combine that Roblox gaming community with our fashion show started to connect it, started for the very first time to live stream a fashion show in a gaming platform. And through that really started to connect with a new audience. To a metaverse outsider, it may be surprising just how much the fashion industry is investing in the metaverse. 
But the reality is that this iteration of the internet is being driven not just by technology, but by gaming, fashion, art, and architecture. Fandom consultant and fashion fan Zoe Skamen explains why this is. I think fashion and art have always been the purveyors of culture. So I think they've always kind of dictated, you know, where culture potentially would go next. They're they're very experimental by their nature in terms of the fields that they're in. So it's always, it's a sense of either holding a mirror up to us and our current culture or asking big questions about where culture can go next and sort of looking at the philosophical elements of it and how it makes us feel and a form of self-expression. So I think they're obviously going to be the first ones to jump into a space which is about this new question of, is this a cultural area? Is this something we could get excited by? You know, could we start to identify as our avatars and all of that kind of stuff as well? I asked Teddy Pagavia, Mr. Metaverse himself, for his take. The core of the value proposition is how do we express ourselves? You know, how do we present ourselves and the way we dress the way we use makeup and everything, it's an expression of our identity, right? And I feel like, you know, as our digital identities are becoming more and more important, and for some of us, even more important than how, I would say, physical representation, I think that for me, it's really natural that these industries are the one pushing the limits The fashion industry has long been at the forefront of culture, experimenting with ideas of identity and expression. In season one, we dove deep into how the metaverse has become another area where these concepts can be explored. So it only makes sense that the two industries are becoming intertwined. As we explore how physical fashion and virtual fashion collide, a lot of people are deeply invested in how they will represent their authentic selves. Philip Rosedale has seen over the years how Second Life users shape their identities and predicts the same trends will appear in the metaverse. I think ultimately, yeah, you know, once we have a metaverse where we could do this call that we're doing right now as avatars, right, where we're comfortable enough using avatars that we do something like this with it. Once we get to there, then we're all going to want designer clothes. And if Second Life is any indication and I think it is, we're actually going to really lean into uniqueness and iconic representations. I think in the future, we're all going to be our own, you know, David Bowie kind of character, you know, like we're all going to build identity for ourselves and then really lean farther into that than we do as humans in Levi's. So I think that there's actually a lot of opportunity for the fashion industry because we're going to want to tweak and define every little tiny bit of ourselves as avatars. And so brands will certainly have a lot to do with that. To Maureen Oliwole, leader of Meta's global luxury division, it is only natural that luxury goods will find their place in the digital market. We go into the world because we want to communicate who we are and what our personality is into the world and with people with whom we interact every day. So it's a very clear parallel in that the avatar is a digital representation of who you are in the metaverse. And so it's very natural and it, you know, it's very, it makes sense that you also want to be able to communicate and express your avatar in the same way that you do in your real physical life as well. So I I think it's almost second nature in the fact that we want to make sure our avatars, you know, they have the same kinds of accessories that we have. If you have a luxury bag, if you have a luxury watch, if you have an outfit, uh, and that's the opportunity that we're really excited about and that we see allowing people the ability to customize their their avatar with premium outfits. Gavin Benjamin is a mixed media artist with a keen eye 
for the stories we craft around luxury goods. His work takes the idea of collage to a whole new level, not only combining mediums in photography and paint, but also mixing old world and Baroque imagery with contemporary pop culture and trends. I first encountered his work at a gallery at Nemecolon that was showing his heads of state collection, sumptuous portraits of black leaders that look both old and new at the same time. The pieces, though they are physical works of art, reminded me of avatars, mixing and matching makers of luxury, glamour, and fashion to create a distinct identity. I asked Gavin why he is drawn to this type of imagery. I think heads of state for me is like fantasy land. I, I get to play with history and pop culture and I get to tell my version of what I think it should be or what I want it to be. My godson, Faris, has been like trying to get me to game with him for the longest time. And I've been totally putting him off, but and now that I'm learning more, I'm like, huh, you know, maybe there might be something there. I think it's all connected, it's all related, especially now in these dark times. People need escapism. I mean, again, it's fantasy where we're projecting. For example, I, I live in Pittsburgh, I live in Lawrenceville. You know, it's like, what I would wear to like Saturday morning market is what I wear during like the weekday. People think I'm dressed up, you know? I mean, like, seriously, where are you gonna wear that Gautier like jacket? This opportunity for fashion play and extravagance will only become easier in the metaverse. If you're listening to this episode, you may already know that I am very passionate about the future of luxury, beauty, and fashion in the metaverse. For me, buying digital designer goods for my online persona feels like second nature, but not everyone started that way. Maybe you're a bit like my friend Randy Zuckerberg, who at the beginning wasn't initially convinced of the value of virtual fashion, but has changed her opinion. It's very funny because I think a year ago, I was very skeptical. I was thinking, I'm like, who are these people who are actually buying things for an avatar? Like, who would do that? And then, Kavi, I spent five minutes in Decentraland for a hug party that we were doing. And within five minutes, that's all it took me to feel so disappointed in how basic my avatar looked that I think I spent like $30 buying fashion for my avatar within five minutes. And I just, I remember having this feeling logging on being like, oh great, I'm a boring mom in the real world. And now I'm a boring mom in the metaverse too. And realizing that through fashion, just like we express ourselves in the real world, you could express yourself however you want in the metaverse. And that was such an illuminating moment for me because it made me realize, okay, if it took me five minutes to go from being skeptical to spending money on my avatar, this is going to be a, a multi-billion dollar industry and it's going to happen quickly. I'm excited because this is really the first era of tech innovation that I've seen that puts art, culture, fashion at the forefront of a new evolution of the internet rather than playing catch up after the developers have already done what they wanted with the space. This is one of the things I love most about the metaverse, that it is being developed by creatives. Fashion and luxury brands that decide to engage now while the technology is still being created and the rules are still being written have a chance to build in ways that both support and expand their creative vision. My colleague at Journey, Sasha Wallinger, sees metaverse opportunities for everyone involved in the fashion retail experience. I think there are three key players in that equation. There's the designer who has now at their behest 
a huge expanded toolbox, not only of creativity and tools and new problems to solve with creating something that's now virtual, but also with this opportunity to create in an infinite way in the sense of there are less rules. I won't say completely no rules, but there are less rules of, you know, geography, physicality, geometry, like all of these things are kind of taken out of the equation. And it doesn't matter that a dress can become wings that can then become wheels that can become back to a dress again. That is very actionable and very accessible. So there is this accessibility and a little bit of an unharnessed creativity lens the designer has. And then there's the consumer or the, the wearer, let's say, and they have the dexterity to take a look that they have potentially never wear in real life, maybe not go to school drop off, you know, in a garment, like I mentioned with a winged approach that becomes, you know, kind of this spectacular moment, but they can do that in the metaverse because there's this permission to be creative and to create and to experiment. And it's not an escape, but it is truly an experiment and a trying on of identity. That's so important for, I believe all people to have that experience and begets even further creativity. And then there's the platform itself and there's the ecosystem that all of this is occurring in, be it a, you know, a gaming experience or an NFT, or even thinking about the beautification of a wallet, let's say for crypto housing, the currency. And so I think that this terrain of the metaverse opens up such a vast opportunity for that interchange and that dance of the wearer and the stylist and the designer to play in a very different time and place and shape than they have before. There's also this opportunity for the capturer or the you know the, the user-generated content moment to occur too, where you can memorialize that experience and not leave it housed in one instance of the metaverse, but externalize it potentially either back to web two or with you know, a dexterity across different platforms and across different places, the individual becomes that who holds that experience. And that's really exciting too. From a practical standpoint, going virtual can also benefit fashion brands seeking to streamline production and cut down on waste. This whole development, this digitalization of product, of experience is also a catalyst for the other part of our business. It helps us to push and to drive forward, call it the more traditional side of our business. So think about uh, initiatives to bring demand and supply closer to each other. And the whole planning around it, the whole automation around it. Like that's a very important development from a sustainability point of view, because one of the biggest sustainability challenges is all the waste that's being created. And that waste originates from a lack of a strong match between demand and supply. So I think this whole technology development, 3D product development, on-demand manufacturing, you know, all those great initiatives are being accelerated by what's now happening in Metaverse and in Web3. Virtual creation tools don't appeal just to brands. They can be a major selling point to customers as well. Imagine how much fun online shopping would be if you could actually interact with a fully customizable 3D model of the item you're interested in. This is something Mike Toner, Chief Marketing Officer at 3D Engine 3 dm 
has been working on. The shoe configurator that we just launched with or in partnership with Carmina is really one of the most powerful shopping tools that they can now provide to their customers. So Carmina's customers can now create and configure hundreds of thousands of versions of these shoes. So the customization aspect that used to exist, you know, you could maybe flip through different 2D images of a shoe, or maybe you could select the color that you wanted the top or the, the laces or the sole to be. But in real time now, we are able to provide customers with a 3D digital twin of that exact shoe that they are configuring. And I think that level of personalization everyone is looking for, they want to make it their own. And so to be able to do that in such an immersive shopping experience is, it's really powerful. It draws people in. They want to almost play with it. So while they're shopping, just the same way you maybe go into a store and try on the shoes or hold them up and, and look at them or spin it around while you're holding it in your hands, now that same experience can be brought to your screen, your phone, uh, or your desktop as you're, you're shopping. The new commerce being brought by Web3 and Metaverse also gives fashion and luxury brands an opportunity to participate in the secondary market or co-create revenue streams with their customers and the creators that love the brands. Sebastian Brower, Senior Vice President of Product Design and Development at Crate & Barrel, has been exploring these possibilities. I also think that the question about brand governance and brand IP changes, right? And I'm going to use a short example from the physical world today. You look at e-commerce businesses today, take the real real, for instance, which e-commerce is luxury brands, right? And the big brands such as Prada, Chanel, that are carried in that platform do not generate income from IP that really belongs to them. So when you change the equation around e-commerce and allowing consumers to create from your universe and mint new goods from a toolkit that you create and your IP can go on and on and you could charge a fee for that. The way that we do commerce and the way that we look at physical spaces can change. I'm also very inspired by a new creator economy that can come through this and shaping environments and what environments look like where a brand is no longer controlled by your governance principles, but you're inviting communities and creators in to shape their spaces and customize their spaces while we are providing the canvas and the tools to do so. These opportunities to invite the customer into the brand are what make the metaverse attractive to any industry. Joanna Matei is the head of Emerging and Immersive Technologies at Procter & Gamble. I worked closely with her and her team at the beginning of this year for the launch of the Beauty Sphere, a virtual world that was revealed during CES. When I interviewed her, we talked about the interesting challenge of building an engaging, immersive online experience around beauty products, a commodity well-rooted in the physical world. The approach she and her team took was to build the Beauty Sphere, an online portal with interactive videos and a game, all focused on PNG's responsible beauty initiatives. So it goes back to what is valuable for the consumer and how is that relationship that we have with the consumer being enriched by these experiences. So the beauty sphere specifically at the first you know, wave, it's not selling any product, but is really building that communication and collaboration with the consumer in terms of understanding 
the responsible beauty, so the responsible aspect of our beauty products. So that was important for us on how to get the message through. And we've seen as well in our CS executions, for example, that our sustainability stories, our citizenship stories in general were better understood and and more emotionally engaged when, when they were in these spaces. So we are trying to work more on this collaboration aspect with our consumers. For the actual selling, so I'm with you, I think the fashion industry has it covered with like selling the digital goods in the space. It's not as obvious for a CPG company to, you know, sell detergent or toothbrush or shampoo in the space. So it's all about, again, like how do we engage and what's the story we're building with the consumer that creates that relationship that will further develop in into a purchase maybe in-store or pure brand loyalty. So we are looking more on those those aspects. Of course, fashion and luxury brands could potentially skate by on just virtually replicating their storefronts and products. But what's the fun in that? Zoe Skamen has been inspired by the efforts done by Gucci, which have included building experiences in Roblox in the sandbox, selling NFTs, and investing in gaming collaborations. You know, I was reading a lot about... Alessandro Michele, who obviously uh, leads Gucci, and his view on Web3 and the metaverse. And he just says Gucci, he sees as a newborn that needs new energy, you know, injected in on an annual basis. And he also likes playing with other people and he likes this concept of play. And I think that's exactly, you know, what it is that he's bringing to the space. And he's not taking himself too seriously. He's testing and learning in lots of different areas and seeing what gains traction. And I think that that is a really exciting kind of space to play as a brand. And I think they're also just having a huge amount of fun with it. As Maura Noliwala describes, fashion houses have long played around with finding new ways to connect with and delight their customers. And I really do believe that luxury brands are very uh, the most forward-leaning in terms of their creativity. It's more than just beautiful design and well-made craftsmanship. It's really about how to express creativity, how to express storytelling, notably, and the brands are the, they're really the strongest in being able to deliver this message, whether that comes from shifting cultural influence thanks to storytelling and inviting you into the dream world. And when I think about some examples, for example, you know, going back a few years in the early days with Burberry, who was very early on utilizing all our different tools with their first brands to launch live fashion shows, for example, or going to Chanel, who is really the master of creating immersive experiences with Karl Lagerfeld, for example, when he transformed the Grand Palais in Paris into a grocery store filled with completely Chanel branded products that guests and models could shop from and interact with the, with the environment around them. And so I would say that these shows and these experiences were really kind of the early stage or the first steps into the fully immersive experience where the consumer can really experience every aspect of the set, the lighting or the music. And this is, these were truly, I believe, the precursors to the metaverse. This drive to experiment and innovate is what is motivating Tommy Hilfiger Global to do more in the metaverse. The brand in its core DNA has that desire to pioneer to explore. If you look at the brand history, you you will always see that we are looking for those new frontiers, if you will. So it always starts with where's the consumer going? What type of communities or platforms do we see gaining in importance? And how can we pivot as a brand and connect with that consumer on those new platforms, in those new virtual environment. So there is an 
and constant motivation and excitement to follow where the consumer is going, to connect with them on their terms and to deliver a new type of experience that is relevant for that community on those new platforms. We'll be back to Metaverse Marketing in just a few minutes. It is especially compelling that Tommy Hilfiger chose to use Roblox as their virtual fashion show platform. And many more brands are looking at Roblox to start to engage with new audiences. This is a conversation Christina Wooden, Roblox Vice President of Global Partnerships, has had many times. How you reach these audiences, brands not only need to stay relevant, but if you think about their future audience, right, for physical products, that's maybe what you're thinking about when you think of the Roblox platform. But this is their current audience when it comes to digital. So this is the audience that's engaging with the brands, they're wearing their digital fashion, they're giving feedback. So you have to think about not only, you know, your present audience, your future your audience as well. And we've seen some great examples actually how this is really influencing digital sales and, and off-platform. So for example, you know, with Allo, their sanctuary, a lot of the users, over half of them that came to the Allo sanctuary said for their next athletic apparel purchase, they would purchase Allo because they were engaged, they really built that affinity for the brand while they were on the platform. And we're seeing this with multiple brands. So again, I mean, I think it's one thing that's engagement on the platform, it's influencing sales and affinity off platform. And then also this is their present audience. They need to engage with them. The brands that support these connections will be the ones that stand out to upcoming generations. Sara Tejera has been watching the rise of a new standard for luxury brands. It's not enough to create and sell something exclusive, highly crafted, exceptionally beautiful, or unique. Consumers are looking for which brands will include them in the conversation and speak to the issues that matter to them. Because we believe that in the future, the next and younger generations will want something more from the brands, you know? That's something else. It's like the power of technology and the commitment to change and building a better world. So... For me, the future will not only rely on producing products and being in the frontier of fashion, you know, but also to provide experience and how they can interact with the new generations in terms of like co-creation and building new concepts and ideas that will actually make a difference and impact their daily lives. And so for me, luxury is experience an identity crisis at the moment. And the next step is to be even more human and maybe use their vision, mission, values and like their real purpose. Because in the long marathon, the final prices will no longer be the profit or the money that you generate, but who will serve humanity and the creative expression better, who will stand by their values and, you know, in every single activation that for me, for me will be the future for sure. And that's the way that I describe the new luxury that we are living. For many, the brands that ignore the metaverse today are ignoring both current and future customers. As Morin Oliwali from Meta explains, the metaverse is becoming a fashion capital that is accessible to brands large and small. You can imagine that the fashion capitals are what they are today because the brands are present. And this is where... This idea of creativity is expressed, this idea of design and art is expressed. And so as brands translate how they communicate, first of all, they're global brands, even though the center of the capital of fashion is, is across Paris, across Milan, etc. These are very much global brands. 
And as they continue to start creating, you know, you have Gucci that's creating and developing across the metaverse. You have Prada that's being very much to engaged as well. And, and as, as we see this evolution, we're going to for sure see the opportunity that brands are creating. First, by developing 360 immersive content, content that allows consumers to interact with their stores and products, and even watch their fashion shows, like we saw with Dior recently for a few weeks ago, that hosted a virtual show in Horizon for their for their runway show that was held in California. So attendees were able to essentially have a front row seat, immerse themselves in the excitement of the show, and so. When you think about that, the fashion capital becomes the metaverse in a sense, because this is where people are going to be able to go and connect with brands in a very intimate and personal manner. All these opportunities for connection are inspiring creators both in the physical and virtual worlds. Nicola Mendelssohn, Vice President of the Global Business Group at Meta, describes what excites her about these new opportunities. It's really a fashion lover's dream because it means that no heel will ever be painful. Clothing can be made of fabrics that are too fantastical to be worn in the real world. And we've always seen that designers are early adopters of new technologies. So they're really receptive to experimenting with digital fashion because they see the metaphors as the, as the next creative frontier. We recently hosted the first metaverse drag show called Queens of the Metaverse. It's an amazing idea from our UK team. And it was set out to champion the LGBTQ plus community and showcase the new frontiers for fashion and creative collaboration. So Meta enlisted three iconic drag acts, Blue Hydrangea, Tia Kofi and Adam All to debut a show-stopping drag look creating Meta's VR and AR technologies. And it really was a first-of-a-kind process because the drag acts and the designers shared creative briefs, mood boards. They made the bespoke looks in Horizon workrooms and then they, these virtually designed outfits were turned into stunning physical garments. And they were then enhanced by our coming to life for the audience as we enhanced the artwork on the runway. So, you know, it's really exciting because we had then the lineup and all 12 of the BBC Drag Race UK S4 Queens were attending. It was the first time that they saw all of the things together. I wish you could see the photos because the energy and the excitement in the room was incredible. But what was really cool was that everyone got to experience and understand how Metastech was enabling new levels of social connection and, of course, boundless creativity as well. Both Christina Wooten and Maureen Oliwoli have been inspired by the conversation happening between physical and virtual trends in fashion. I don't know if you saw with New York Fashion Week where Carly Kloss is wearing the beautiful Carolina Herrera dress and then almost immediately it's available on Roblox and it goes, you know, as a limited item. And then Tommy Hilfiger, this virtual portal between the actual physical show in New York. And then there, you can feel like you're in it in their activation on Roblox where you're seeing the models come out, you're watching it live streamed. So all of this is happening right now. But I think the opportunity for, for fashion especially is they're reaching this audience where people have their online identity. And it's so important to them how they represent themselves. And then they're able, they're able to express themselves in this space with fashion. And so brands are able to not only bring that fashion to the platform, so bringing physical to digital, but you can also see what's happening in the digital space and what's being created, what trends are coming out of the metaverse. And then that is spilling over to the physical space. So, you know, creative directors can be working with digital fashion designers on Roblox, working together to collaborate and coming up with the next line. Or, you know, maybe with layered clothing, which is our technology that 
enables you to create one piece and that's available on any avatar body type, which is absolutely amazing if you think about it in the fashion space. You, know, you see something off the runway and you think, I wish, you know, is that, a, is that available for me? Is that in my size? But with layered clothing, one piece fits on any, any avatar body. So I think that this just enables more creativity, more accessibility for fashion. The interesting thing, question is not about profits necessarily, at least not at this stage, but more so about how the metaverse can actually radically affect the way consumers dress, the way they shop, and the way they think about, uh, think about fashion. And as both the physical world and digital world continue to blur even further, thanks to technologies like, like VR headsets, we could actually end up in a situation where we end up possessing clothes that not just uh, that we wear not just in our real lives, but also in our virtual closets as well. And this is an evolution really in terms of how people connect, in terms of how they express themselves. For, for example, just looking at our platforms on Facebook in the early days, so I joined the company in 2006, and when I joined Facebook, communication was via text. Imagine, there were not even photos on Facebook at this time, so we ended up, of course, launching images and then shifting to primarily video, and tomorrow, it's really about going to be, going to be about 3D immersive experiences, which is an opportunity for, for both consumers and also a challenge for businesses, all, all brands, to figure out how best they fit into this new ecosystem. Martin Agman and his team at Tommy Hilfiger have been tracking closely how the metaverse is changing consumer behavior, sometimes in surprising ways. It's hard to predict which metaverse customers are interested in boundary-breaking, virtual hot couture, and which want to replicate their physical world preferences. We were super curious about how does the consumer react to, to those type of activations. And you see very different type of behavior. You see consumers that trying to mimic their real life. So they they want to, in those virtual worlds, almost be like a full replica of themselves and exactly this, the same way of dressing, the same way of styling. But you also see people that see it as an opportunity to, to almost build a new identity and, and become like maybe the person they've always wanted to be, but then in the virtual world. And you see consumers that are looking for the impossible like apparel that is eating all the rules of gravity and, and crazy, funky stuff. You see consumers really looking for different things. And that's really the testing and learning for us. Because in the end, we, of course, interested to see how can this become uh, an integrated part of business and what's the business opportunity of the metaverse for, for a brand. So those type of learnings and experiences are really exciting. The fact that there are so many possibilities and so much to learn opens the doors for creatives to experiment and make their mark. My colleague, Sasha Wallinger, advises business leaders to let go of the reins a little bit and enjoy the ride. I've always been a champion of designers and artists and kind of truly got out of the way. The artist needs to be protected so that they can create and the consumer needs to be to begin to fall in love with that which the artist has created without having to ask questions but have this interpretive lens with which they're viewing that which they're creating. I extend that very much into this Web3 ecosystem and I think there's an opportunity to have the championship of artists and people who are doing amazingly creative work interpreted in 
through the lens of technology so that people can meet in that in that space and be able to support and build those artists. And certainly with regards to entertainment, I love the ability for the entertainer, musician, athlete, you know, just whatever, performing artist to be able to be viewed through directly how they want to come across without being overly produced and without having to have those various layers of different management teams vet all the different moves that they're making. So it's been wonderful to see that connectivity come together through the artist and the consumer and web two. And I'm really excited about the various ways that web three allows us to have that intimate relationship with the artist, but also be able to support them financially and directly. I think that's really pivotal. Whether you are a luxury fashion consumer or not, I recommend keeping an eye on what is happening in the world of virtual fashion. As virtual and physical fashion continue to collide, new forces of fashion are being created. If you've been listening to this podcast for the past two seasons, you know that fashion is my true passion. I've got a lot of projects coming in 2023, including a collaboration with Simone Farshow and Sasha Wallinger, where we'll be launching our own Web3 jewelry collection, plus a lot of other projects that are coming down the line. 